Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, beautiful, <laughs> intelligent, Thanksgiving-loving wife, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you, baby. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, November 24th, 2019. Yes, it is Thanksgiving wow. week. I hope you have all your dishes getting prepared, all your refrigerator full, right. you know, your family and friends coming over. Are you going to visit your family and friends? Because it's always a fun week. Thanksgiving week's always great. Oh, it is. And, you know, I mean, just the thought of it is one to give thanks, but to be around family and friends. And so... Uh, it's a great holiday. It's really about the food. I mean, yes, family and <laughs> friends, that's nice. But come on. I mean, that's spread. Let's talk about that spread. That's true. And, by and you're the, such a great chef. So, Well, I was going to lead into that. By the way, uh, our Disney Dishes blog, is, I put out a couple recipes this week that might, you know, something you might want to add to your Thanksgiving table. Uh, check out Disney Dishes blog, uh, Disney Dishes, or at Disney Dishes on Twitter uh, and Facebook and at Disney Dishes blog on on uh, Instagram if you want to see what some of those dishes might be. Right. And you, as I've mentioned before, you do a great job with that blog. And I love how you include the the pictures and a lot of great description to really be able to replicate that at home. Thank you. I don't think I, I, I plug that uh, website enough, but uh, hopefully you will uh, check that out sometime in the future. Thank you for joining us here today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com and while you're there, why don't you just take a second and sign up for our newsletter? Yeah, we really like to share things with you, like some tools for going to the parks or planning a trip. Um, you know, we, we give you heads up notice of some of the topics we we're talking on here, contests, etc. So please sign up for that. It's a please, lot of fun. Please, yeah, uh, do what it should be. There are several places on various pages on the website where you can do it. There's also a pop-up window that'll show up occasionally uh, that can help you sign up for it. But we just love to be more in touch with all of our Hyperion adventurers. And speaking of that, another way you can be in touch with us is on social media. You can find us all over the place. On Twitter, we are at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, whether it's to suggest a topic, comment on anything we've said on the show, or if you just want to say hi, uh, feel free to email us at any time at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And another way to give us some feedback is through reviews. And we love getting your reviews. We love that feedback. We really uh, get a lot of information from there to make our show better. Uh, so whether you're giving us star rating or a, a review love it all mm -hmm. or just tell a friend about us tell that's them true. Uh, that you listen to this podcast that you enjoy it you think they might enjoy it that's really the easiest and best way to for people to find out about this show so we have lots of stuff for you today including Ooh. our spoiler free review of hashtag real men love frozen do real men love frozen <laughs> too we will talk about that uh, we were up at the Walt Disney Studios up at Burbank yesterday for a screening of the classic movie Pixar film Up. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And we have some stories, uh, various Disney stories that we always talk about, including there may be a new vacation club space coming to the Disneyland Resort. Yay. Yeah. Uh, but first, before we get to that, uh, we want to talk a little bit about our contest. Now, if you didn't listen last week, 
We were doing a trivia game every single week, and we're kind of changing that now. Now it's kind of going to be a monthly thing. Uh, and it's just going to be pretty simply, we just want you to listen every week and to find out our code word. And when we get to the end of the month, uh, we are going to have you send back however many code words we had, whether it's two, three, four, whatever it was for that month. Tell us what they were so you can show that you've listened or you subscribe to the newsletter, which we also send it out on. And then you'll be entered in for our contest. And yes, Michelle did pry it out of my hands. I was kicking and screaming, but we are going to give up another one of those exclusive D23 Expo 2019 posters for Frozen 2. It's textured, it's gorgeous, and you are going to want to win this prize at the end of the month. Right. And I know you're sad. I sweetie. am. <laughs> I wanted that poster. I, I was know. tough enough to get rid of the first one. Now I got to get rid of the last one? Oh. <laughs> well, that's just because we bought two new Star Wars posters for ourselves. That's true. <laughs> it's time to let the Frozen poster go. I know. But hashtag real men love yes. Frozen. So it's awfully, awfully tough. But it is going to be a prize you're going to yeah. want. So, Michelle, tell our listeners what this week's code word is. Ooh. So this week's code word is gingerbread. Gingerbread. The code word is gingerbread. I like it. Uh, we One of our biggest, our favorite things to pick up regularly. It doesn't matter what time of year. Yes, the holiday season, right. sure. But all the times of the year, the Disneyland Resort is to go into their bake shops and pick up their gingerbread men that have little chocolate uh, Mickey ears on right. them. They are, it, it's the best gingerbread we've ever had and we pick them up regularly it's right. a, like a tradition for us to walk out of there with some of those to bring home that's right they're, they're really great and i just thought this would be a great code word being associated with the, all the holidays uh but thanksgiving we use ginger or have gingerbread mm-hmm. desserts or mm-hmm. so and that will all tie into today's main topic once we get to it but one more thing before we get to that is we've had another week of our hyperion adventures disney hall of fame another category thanks for everybody who's chimed in for all the categories so far this week's category which again i'm confusing people and i'm sorry to do that (laughs) i'm also torturing people we're torturing people out there by making them have to choose between their favorite children uh but this week's category was uh basically the best live action disney umbrella films which Included Marvel, included Star Wars, included Indiana Jones, which I, I think not a lot of people picked up out there that Indiana Jones could have been part of this as right. well. But all sorts of things. Uh, you know, our winner for last week, Doug, who won the Disney Plus hat right. last week. And uh, thanks for the picture and everything online, Doug. I'm glad you enjoy the hat. Uh, he put in Alien. Uh, or maybe it was Aliens. What are the Alien right. movies which he, he enjoyed? You know, and the, you don't think of that being under the Disney umbrella, right. but it is now under the Disney umbrella. So totally makes sense. So, True. so thanks everybody who took part in this week, even the, through the confusion. <laughs> uh, here are our lists for this week because we also, you know, have to go through this and suffer and choose our films as well. We don't make you do that alone. So uh, Michelle, what are your nominees for this week's category? Okay. Yeah. And I agree with everybody out there. It, it was such a it broad was, topic yeah. and, and we've had discussions now we are gonna, offline. <laughs> next, the next year I wanted to kind of, cause we started this late in the process. So I kind of simplified it into just four categories next year. I'm probably going to break this down into some subcategories uh, into the hall of fame. But, uh, you know, we just wanted the first inaugural class to be a little more simplified. So right. even though I made it more convoluted. <laughs> 
You did. I know. Well, the way to go. I know. <laughs> Sorry, babe. But yeah, okay. some of your tweets, I was like, what are you trying to get? I don't know. I was, it's tough when you have 240, 240 category, or 240 characters. It's really tough to get your point across and what you want to say. <laughs> Um, it's at least when I'm trying to get this all out there and also, you know, tab all you wonderful people who have right. helped us on this uh, hall of fame list so far. And so That's true. we really do appreciate yeah. everybody participating. It's been a lot of fun seeing your tweets about this and, and hearing what your, your lists are like. It's yeah, awesome. I love seeing, cause there's, there's films that I don't think about and that pop up. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's gotta be on the list or, Oh yeah, that should be on the right. list. And We'll see what made it to our list. So, Michelle, what's your okay. what's your list? Um, so let's see. No particular order here, uh, but I did put Mary Poppins. I figured that's mm-hmm. such a classic Disney movie. It has to be in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, uh, Enchanted again, having that real. Um, common Disney theme of a princess, but in a different world, a different realm and having a little bit more substance mm-hmm. to her as well. Um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I just, again, more the historical relevance of that movie. Uh, it was filmed on the Disney Studios lot here, but it was a, it, it was a unique type of film, I think, that Walt Disney t- embarked on for that film. Mm-hmm. So you I, can see that on Disney Plus now. If you've never seen it, uh, go check it out. It's, right. it's, uh, it's really, you know, it's a staple of the company, of Walt right. Dis- of Disney Company. And, and, you know, many attractions originally were created for it to, to go along with the, the movie, which was very right. popular at the time. Right. I mean, and, and again, any of these, any movie you can find flaws with or whatever, but this one just, like I said, more the relevance of how Disney embarked on a whole different mm-hmm. type of movie when he when he did that and the type of special effects that he used uh were pretty cool Mm -hmm. Uh, another classic old yeller yeah that's just again a a real tough one to to, to get through but yes yes it's a it's a classic for sure you know and um the last one on my list is the uh, first pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl right you know uh and and i guess two of my picks here related to attractions that ended up at the theme parks. There you go. Um, one yet to come right? at the theme parks. That's true. Mary Poppins. That's true. So, okay. That's a great list. What about you? My list was more modern and, uh, I, I, more, I guess I was more action related, although it was tough. This is, I, I understand everybody out there who, you know, were talking about yeah. how <laughs> difficult this was and it was even difficult for us to decide. And I had a tough time eliminating several films that I love not putting them on my list. Right. So um, I'm lucky to say that a lot of the films I love that I didn't get to put on my list, I know we're going to make it through. And that's why I was trying to tell a few people who chimed in out there, you know, even though if some of these films that you love, you were thinking about putting on your list, didn't quite make it through chances are you love it other people are going to name them they're going to make it through so and that was the case here uh here's the my list though however uh in no particular order i started with the the avengers the mm-hmm. original the avengers film right uh which kind of good you know, the first time that they got all those characters together and really uh really changed everything in the superhero genre uh, Avengers Endgame so I went from the beginning to the end uh, <laughs> uh, that was on there as well Rogue One a Star Wars story which I'm surprised wasn't on Michelle's list uh, was on mine uh, Star Wars Episode 5 The Empire Strikes Back which mm-hmm. is my favorite Star Wars film had to be it on my list and Again, Indiana Jones was a little underserved on this, but I got Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I think is just oh, sure. such a wonderful, wonderful, 
film for so many reasons, and uh, that made my list. Right. So. Yeah, it was tough leaving off Rogue One because mm-hmm. that is one of my all-time favorites, as we've discussed in the past. Um, and some of the other like Star Wars, the original Star Wars, I thought about including them, but I strictly went on what was a Disney movie when it was made. Yeah. Well, I, and that's how I interpreted it, but I get the other interpretation and totally support right, that. Right, right. Uh, other than that, you know, the live these are live action films. I gave you no rules as to what your deciding factors would be. Just like uh, there are many that times in the uh, professional sports or in like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you don't need... You know, are there some rules? Yes, but there's, you know, you can pretty much decide based on how you feel about these. Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, And I kind (laughs) of went that way with this. So, you know, if you didn't want to put the the Star Wars that weren't Disney films on this, I I, I get it. I understand it. That's all fine. It's whatever you want. Good thing is that many of these Star Wars films made it through. And let's get through the list of the films that received multiple nominations. So they will be on our December ballot. And uh, we'll start with, again, these are in no particular order uh avengers infinity war will be on the ballot yes star wars episode five the empire strikes back uh captain america the winter soldier uh mary poppins yes will make it through of course uh (laughs) star wars episode four a new hope is on the list Mm -hmm. captain america civil war will be on our ballot pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl is on there The Avengers, the one I talked about, the original Avengers movie is on. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, did make it through. The original (laughs) Iron Man, uh, with good reason, because it really kind of changed things. I I talked about the Avengers changing things. Iron Man kind of started the whole Marvel Universe really going. So deservedly to be on this list. Uh, Black Panther made it through. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which... We just discussed last week on right. our Star Wars Remembered series. Raiders of the Lost Ark is through. Guardians of the Galaxy, the Yay. original, is on the list. Enchanted, yes, Michelle's Enchanted Yay. made it through. And the you know, one of the few live-action remakes that has made it through, Cinderella, the 2015 mm-hmm. live-action Cinderella right. squeaked that through. That is a really good one, too. Uh, so that will, all those films will be on our December ballot, and we will have that ready for you after this week's category uh, is done and then we, whoever you know votes in on that uh, we will have a prize to give to one of you who uh, help us out and decide our final voting for our inaugural class of the Hyperion Adventures Hall of Fame. So this one they get just for participation mm-hmm. an entry. They don't they don't have to be right or wrong on anything. Right. It's just your it's all what you like. Yeah. yeah. You pick it in, you submit the ballot, you're entered uh, into this giveaway. And let's get to this week's category. I'm gonna hopefully simplify this a little bit more for <laughs> you all. I know it's still confusing and this will be another difficult week for you. And I again we apologize for torturing you. It's torturing for us too when we make our lists out. But this week's category will once again be in the live action film department. It will be the best Disney umbrella, the entire umbrella, anything that is a Disney property, live action film characters. So pick your favorite characters from Disney, Touchstone, Star Wars, Marvel, Indiana Jones, whatever the case may be. Give us your top five characters, characters. from live action films 
And, uh, you know, the ones who get at least multiple nominations will be on our ballots. So now I'm really looking forward to seeing how you're going to tweet that out. I... (laughs) (laughs) But I think you simplified it there, especially at the end. I thought you did a great job. Maybe I'll just cut that little sound bite and put it out there, you know, just like that to try and help people out, you know. Uh, yeah. Listen to this because I can't obviously write. So <laughs> it's a good thing I also write a blog because I, I, I can't say you obviously do an write. Awesome job in blogs. Yeah. It's just, and I'm just plain. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're, I, I know. love your tweets. They're but great. we love all the lists you've given so far, and we're having a lot of fun with this. We hope you're having fun with it too. I know it's torturous at sometimes, but I think it's fun, and I think we all have a lot of fun reading everybody's list and finding characters or films that uh, you know maybe you didn't think of before. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, that's it for all of that. Let's get to our main topic of the week. And since this week we talked about it earlier is Thanksgiving week, it also uh, kicks off the real beginning of the uh, Christmas holiday season. So we thought we'd kind of do a mashup. You know, like you take your Thanksgiving plate and you put the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and the gravy and the turkey and you kind of mash it up into one nice bite. Yep. Well, that's what we're doing here. (laughs) Thanks for... Thanks for humoring me. (laughs) Appreciate that. Uh, We're doing a mashup here. And this week's uh, topic is going to be uh, the Disney holiday offerings that we're most thankful for. Right. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if we both interpreted that category. Yeah, I I have a feeling we'll be quite different (laughs) since we don't compare notes on these things ahead of time. Uh, We'll see how that goes. So I think we have a top five list, right? Do we each have a top five list? Is that the way we're doing this? Good. At least and, I got that right. Right. And, I, and I'm trying to figure out if I really put them in the correct order, but they are five top, whether I say them in the right order. Okay. Well, as long sense? as they're in your five, I guess that's good. Yes. I, I put mine in my order. And so hopefully they uh, work out well. Right. So here they are, our top five Disney holiday offerings that we're thankful for. And Michelle always has the best list. <laughs> so we always start with her. Let's get to Michelle's number five. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so my number five is, and it's funny that it's five, but um, is the holiday festival food at the parks, especially Disneyland. Um, I think they really, in the last couple years, have upped their game of the unique offerings they're not the same every year they really change it up and i feel like it's so fun to go out to disneyland and go with your foodie guide and pick out some delicious food and treats at disneyland very nice uh that is actually my number five as well it's <laughs> uh the festival of the holidays both at the disneyland resort and the walt disney world resort mostly right. at epcot uh yeah the same thing uh love to sample all the different holiday treats they're uh, they have small plates or small samples of something all throughout the park uh and i also like think that the the uh, what's an underrated part of this is the holiday entertainment that they, you know, showcase in different little areas right. throughout the park as well, whether it be bands, whether it be like the drummers, uh, just little things that kind of are just puts you into that festive mode. I'm thankful for all of those things uh, as we go through the park. So, yes, uh, see, Michelle's list always has the best list so much so that I copy it. Let's <laughs> just interesting that this is i think a first that we had the same yeah, number five it's very rare for a number five right. number one sometimes right. uh, very a number five is kind of rare for us so uh, there's our number five let's get to our number four holiday offering that we're most thankful for 
Um, so my number four is uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party mm. at Walt Disney World. Which I'm going to get to experience for the first time I on our trip know. here just in a few weeks. Yeah. It's exciting to be able to, I love going, well, we all, right? We all love taking somebody to a, an initial thing at a Disney park. Um, last year, I got to take my mom mm-hmm. first time to the Very Merry Christmas Party. And this year I get but yeah it, it's a great activity you know to have that evening where you are just totally enveloped in all things holidays you know and it's just really really fun to you know whether you're picking up the treats or going to the dance parties or watching the fireworks it's pirate in the parade it's all just like I said it's just total immersion into the holiday spirit yeah i'm looking forward to it i i i probably i might have had it on my list but since i haven't experienced it yet right i really i don't have anything that i can definitively say about other than what i've read and what michelle has told me about it so uh, i might have been my list but i'm looking forward to trying it out for the first time everybody raves about it they say it's a great time and um it's going to be a lot of fun when we get out there here just in a few weeks it's so exciting so So what about your number four my number four are the gingerbread houses at the walt disney world resorts i love that going to the various uh, especially the uh, the deluxe resorts and checking out the different styles of gingerbread houses, especially the one at the Grand Floridian, which is always just gorgeous and lovely. And then you even get to sample some gingerbread uh, at a lot of these. You know, you can purchase right. there. They have shingles and stuff for purchase. You can check them out. It, it, it They're just beautiful. It's another sample that you get to check out as you're out there. And then you get to taste a little of it too. It just, again, puts you in the holiday mood. Right. Um, so I kind of touch on gingerbread in the in the in the hotel. So it's kind of interesting. We we also have that similar topic. Very nice on and our top five. So list. that's my number four, Michelle. What is your number three Disney holiday offering that you're thankful for? So my number three actually kind of is a portion of what you just talked about, but I I categorized it as the theming in each of the resorts for the holidays. I mean, the theming mm-hmm. in each of the resorts regular times is a lot of fun as well. But um, over the holiday holiday times, it's an amazing experience. And that's why we always talk about hotel hopping as as an activity in of itself, if you don't want to go into a, the parks or what you, you, you know, in terms of ticketed events and things. So um, some of the favorites you mentioned that I have similar is the Grand Floridian mm-hmm. with the enormous gingerbread house and the fact that you can purchase, you know, the, the, the tiles, shingles, the yeah. shingles. Um, but to me, it, when, when you walk in there, it's like looking at a old style Victorian Christmas card, you know, and it just, is kind of a, um, like I said, a blast of the past of way, way past mm-hmm. before us past. Yes. <laughs> um, at Port Orleans, the color palettes, you know, that it's very distinctive Mardi Gras colors, you know, so in addition to red and green, they, they embellish with the purple and the gold accents. And, you know, it's, it's a different than, you, you know, it's like the opposite. It's not the Victorian. It's, it's more modern, more festive. Um, one of the underrated gems that I find out there is the Yacht Club mm, mm-hmm. and how they've incorporated the nautical themes in their wreaths and their Christmas trees. Um, it's If you love the seas or cruising, uh, you really don't want to miss that because it's just, well, even if you're not interested in that, it's just really unique styling 
And like I said, it's kind of an underrated uh, resort that I, a lot of people don't think about going to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of our favorites of all has been the Wilderness Lodge. Um, you know, that lobby has its normal natural beauty year round but it's really elevated mm-hmm. uh, I, I love the rustic charm that they bring in with you know having you know more nature like pine cones and antlers and things like that um, and it's really the best time of the year to enjoy the rocking chairs in front of the giant fireplace there so um, that's really cool theming with the holidays and we're really excited that we're gonna be able to check out the Riviera mm-hmm. during their opening week this year uh, and see what their holiday theming will be. But I'm sure it's going to be an awesome treat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Just, you know, the chance that we're going to be there within the first week of the Riviera being open and be able to, uh, you know, really experience that. But yeah, they, they see what they do with their decorations there. I agree with you on the, the Wilderness Lodge. It is definitely, uh, to me, that is the the utmost on the Disney decorations, at least for the resorts. It's absolutely spectacular. And you usually can get there. And yes, it's a nice place to just sit in front of the fireplace. Uh, There usually is very little line to get your picture taken in front of the tree if you want a a Christmas card type picture taken. Uh, Just go out there and check it out. I know it's not you know, it's a little more difficult to get to than than some of the right, other right. Uh, Magic Kingdom resorts, but it's really worth it to go uh, take a boat over there and, and venture in or, you know, a bus or whatever the case may be or drive over or Lyft or Uber or minivan, whatever you want, uh, you know, get over there uh, and experience the Wilderness Lodge right. for, for and holidays. Exactly. And, you know, those are obviously some highlight ones. Um, they're, they're, all their resorts are beautiful. They all have a little something. Right, yeah. but but you're right. And if you can only do one, I would ag- agree with you. D- make the effort to get to Wilderness Lodge. If you can do two, then if you haven't done Grand Floridian. Mm-hmm. That one very, would be good. Very nice. Yes, uh, great choice. Oh. Uh, my number three the Disney holiday offering that I'm thankful for is the Cars Land holiday decorations. Oh, I yes. absolutely love the way they deck out Cars Land. If you look at it just just really quickly, it looks like, you know, your traditional holiday offerings with wreaths and lights and all this stuff out there. Then you look at it more closely and they're all made out of car parts, I know. which just adds this extra nuance to it. And then when you get to the nighttime and the neon lights up all down radiator springs, and then you also have the lights uh, on these overhanging wreaths and stuff. It's just absolutely gorgeous. I know they've talked about it before uh, that it's like, what they made these, it'd be as if the cars decided to decorate, you know, so right. even like for Halloween, the parts, are, everything is made out of car parts. Right. And it's, it's just really stunning and spectacular. And I just love the little nuance and it, little intricate things, uh, you know, that you can pick out as you're walking just down Route 66 in Radiator Springs. Right. It is amazing how imaginative the Imagineers, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Sure. Um, were or creative the Imagineers were mm-hmm. in taking like you said uh, auto parts and creating them into holiday decorations and they did a spectacular job yeah. it's really funny and unique and uh, not to be missed yeah it's one of the reasons why Cars Land is one of our favorite lands in any Disney yes. park anywhere it's it's once you if you haven't been to the Disneyland Resort especially Disney California Adventure Park um you're going to 
your jaw is going to drop it right. when you get to Cars Land because it, it is so beautiful, and especially uh, when we get to in various holiday seasons, but all year round, it's it's wonderful place and uh, really is one of our favorite places in all of the parks everywhere. Right. I mean, I think it's got the uniqueness of it actually looks like the set. Yeah. It's you like know. you're walking into a, the Cars movie. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You go down that street and it looks like it does in the movies. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know that there's, you know, uh, other lands that are beautiful. I think that one just has that unique ability to cr- recreate the, the TV set. Yep. Agreed. Or the film set. Or Either the way. Film set. Yes. 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 Very Sorry, good. Film set. I guess mostly it's Edit now that. TV now. <laughs> Which will, which is an interesting take, and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about our seeing up on the big screen again here right, when we were at the studios the other day. I want to talk a second about that as well. Right. Uh, that's so. That's our number three. Let's get to our number two Disney holiday offerings that we're most thankful for. Michelle, what's your number two? So my number two actually relates to our code word, mm. which is gingerbread (laughs) um but it's you know it incorporates a lot of what you mentioned already in the resorts where they have the unique gingerbread structures whether they be houses or carousels um you know we really enjoy that um but even just like the gingerbread cookies you mentioned not only the ones that you can purchase here in Disneyland but the the ones you get at the very merry Christmas party or in the smells of gingerbread Mm -hmm. in the attractions and how they incorporate that as part of your um, senses to be stimulated when you're going on on an attraction or on a ride and I just love that they've incorporated gingerbread in so many unique ways. Mm -hmm. Agreed Uh, we were just talking about it a little bit ago Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the gingerbread at the uh, Disneyland parks, but you know, all the time, you know, I love them all the time, but really at this time of season, they really you know, just come out right. full force and it's just, it's, it's great. It's right. excellent. Love it. Love it so much. Uh, my number two is a little more traditional and it's going to be the candlelight processional mm-hmm. at uh, Epcot uh, because I just think that that's such a great way to get into the season. It's just a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, they tell the story. If you've never been, they tell the story of Christmas with a full orchestra and a choir that's a lot of times a, a local choir right, from yeah. around. They or bring they, different they, churches or right. school groups in. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you also get celebrities telling the story or being right. the narrator, which is, you know, I mean, who doesn't love a, a celebrity, especially when it's someone like Neil Patrick Harris right. or somebody that you really love, you know, coming out there. We're going this year and we're going to see Warwick Davis, who you may know uh, from the Star Wars films right. as Wicked, among other things. but. He's been many various, many various characters within Star right, Wars. Right, right. I don't think I've ever seen him on the the list before, so I thought yeah. it was going to be cool to That's see somebody new added. So, uh, yeah, exactly. And so we're looking forward to that. But you know, you just throw the whole story in the music with all the uh, the carols and everything, the full choir. It just puts you in the Christmas spirit, and right. I, that's or the holiday spirit, and uh, that's why I love it so much, and that's why it's my number two. Very good. Very good. It was hard leaving that one off. That was an honorary mention of mine. There you go. So let's get to the number one Disney holiday offering we are most thankful for. Michelle, what is your number one? Uh, My number one would be the holiday overlays on attractions. Fifth and first. Wow. Not surprising on this one. I kind of had a feeling we were going to match up on this one. Yeah. yeah, As it was going on. Yeah. Yeah. um, So fun to, you know, be able to keep a traditional attraction but just have that switch up during the holidays makes it fun to be able to experience 
it in a different way. And I think they've done some really creative uh, techniques of doing them, whether you're talking the Haunted Mansion here, mm -hmm. which is with the theme of um, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Haunted Mansion Holiday, yeah. Yeah, Jingle Cruise. Um, Here's the whole list. Okay. Uh, it's a Small World Holiday. That's right, how did I forget yeah, that? which is one of your favorites. Right. Love that. Uh, the Jingle Cruise you mentioned. Mater's Jingle Jamboree. Oh, that's right, yep. Uh, Luigi's Joy to the World. Right. And uh, yes, the Haunted Mansion Holiday. All wonderful uh, different examples to check out at the Disney. Most of them are at the Disneyland Resort, but they're, you know the Jingle Cruise right now is at Walt Disney World. And it's just that that little change up that if you've been on an attraction many, many times, sometimes it's just a little fun to check it out in a different way. Right, right. It, like that's what I said too, is that it, you know, seasonally you get a, a new, fresh look of, same attraction mm -hmm. and especially you know it, it's a small world holiday you know what's what's fun about that is that the imagineers and the people that work on that attraction they really go through and they do some excellent detail work like virtually every single care actually in fact literally every single character within it's a small world holiday has they add a little holiday nuance right. to it whether it be a ribbon uh some sort of you know, jingle bell you know some garland uh, you know some are more than others but uh, there is something on they go through every single character within it and then you have the music playing and yeah it's a, you know you get the regular it's a small world theme but you also get some christmas carols mixed right. in with it and it's just fun and just to you you know they change it up. They add, it seems like they add a little more every single year. And it's always just fun to see all the different characters with all the different little, you know, holiday right. offerings on what they have. And if you have Disney Plus, they do have the uh, special that was done, I think, a couple years ago, uh, decorating decorating Disney. Disney right. Um, and they actually kind of show that and highlight that. It, the intricate details, some things that you wouldn't see, for example, they have, they do like um, the old fashioned kind of uh, where you take construction paper, colored construction paper and make loops and make a chain together. Mm -hmm. And the um, people who are recreating the, the magic of the holidays on the small world, write little notes inside the mm. loop of that. So it, that chain actually has, um, you know, holiday messages that, the care that the uh, cast members have put it together there, very so. cool yeah. uh it's really cool i you know if you get a chance and again most of these are out of the disneyland resort so you know all the more reason to get out to disneyland resort for the holidays is check some of these things out and by the way the haunted mansion holiday with the nightmare before christmas right. theme yeah. oh you will definitely want to check that out and, and uh speaking of this and while we're at this topic i just wanted to mention something that if you don't if you haven't got enough of us already <laughs> uh we also are going to be on the monday morning monorail podcast so this excited. week i meant to mention it earlier and i i, I it skipped my mind I'm, I'm but uh, uh they were nice enough to welcome us in for their Thanksgiving holiday table. Yes. And we discussed a lot of these same attractions that were at the, the Disneyland at Disneyland and at magic kingdom and kind of compared on what we think is the better version of these attractions. But we had a lot of fun with Justin and Samantha Monorail right. and uh, looking forward to you guys getting to check that out. Right. We're really thankful that they invited us. It was an honor and it was a blast looking forward to having them on our show here mm -hmm. and doing a meetup, hopefully mm -hmm. this coming December. So, um, 
thank you guys. It was fun, fun, fun. And we're honored. Yes, we were very honored to be on that show. Very thankful uh, to be on their show. And we're very thankful for their friendship as well. So as we are thankful for all of your friendships and that the fact that you listen to the show, and we'd love to hear your list of what you're most thankful for as far as Disney holiday offerings. Please right. feel free to tweet us out, uh, you know, hit us up social media wise or uh, email us and we'll share them next week on the show. Yes. And we're again, we're th- very thankful that uh, you listen to our podcast. We really do love hearing from you. So um, please connect with us somehow, whether it's through social media or email. Mm-hmm. We've been very lucky to connect with many of you in, in various different ways. And uh, we just enjoy it all. And we really appreciate you very much. We are thankful, as I said before, for you. And you know what else I'm thankful for? What's that? Hashtag real men love frozen. <laughs> So let's get to our next topic of the week, and that is our spoiler-free review of Frozen 2. Uh, I love that song. Yeah. I, I love that song so much. It's so good. And it's just a shame that they couldn't find somebody who can really sing. I know, right? To do that song. <laughs> I think that one actually gets stuck in your head easier than let it let it go. Yeah. It's a good, it, it, at it's least a that good point. An initial sentence. It's a good point. Over and over. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll talk about this, but the soundtrack for Frozen 2 is... Uh, spectacular. So uh, let's get into our spoiler-free review of Frozen 2. Uh, we saw it Thursday night, uh, the you know sort of preview opening night. Technically, right. it opened on Friday. We saw it on Thursday night. I, I have to say something about this going into it is that, <laughs> unfortunately, there was something going on in the theater that I'm not going to really get into at this moment, but it distracted us a little bit. And I was a little... You know how hashtag real men love Frozen, <laughs> and that by real men, I mean me. Um, it kind of distracted us a little bit, and so it was a little bit unfortunate, but we still really enjoyed going out to see this film. Right. There was a lot of... Um parts of the this film different from the first one um that made it great mm-hmm. i mean i think obviously it's awesome that we had the original characters all back together again but just in terms of like how they highlighted like finally Kristoff gets to sing a little bit more i mean and, and that guy is so talented as yeah, well Jonathan Groff, yeah. right i mean one of the he was the first king, right? Well, he was the the Broadway king, Broad- first Broadway right. king George. He wasn't right. the first king George technically, but he was the Broadway king George for Hamilton. Right, right. Famous. And um, but yeah, he's he's got a spectacular voice mm-hmm. too to to be able to hear him sing. Um, how they actually, I think, highlighted Sven a lot more and some fun areas. Um, so that was great. Yeah, uh, they they did. Everybody got their moment to shine in this film, right. which uh, I really loved about it. Everybody got their own song. Uh, you know, Kristoff did sing a little bit in Frozen, but really he didn't get to really show his range as right. much, uh, but he got to definitely shine in this one. The animation for this film is gorgeous it is lovely right. it is a beautiful film to see we're going to go see it again in 3d we didn't get to see it in 3d this time we're going to see it in 3d next right. time i'm very excited to do that yeah because well we saw the first one in mm-hmm. 3d um and 
really enjoyed that. And after seeing this once now, we would recommend 3D. I think this movie definitely uh, and is being And it's enhanced. rare. We're not, we're not, right. we rarely want to go see a film in 3D. Yeah. Uh, Frozen, if you can ever get a chance to go and see it in a theater again, 3D. The original Frozen is absolutely yes. spectacular in 3D. I, I have a feeling when we go get to see this one in 3D, we're going to love it too. Right. Because it's it's not like the, you know, like like when you think of some other things like Minions where it's kind of comical 3D. This more brings you into the film. Like you feel a little, that's how I felt at least. It just accentuates bit. the beauty of that right. much more. Well, it yeah. does accentuate it, but I felt like it was like around mm-hmm. me, not just watching it from afar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed on that. Uh, as far as, uh, let's go back to the soundtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. That I, I will say, people have said this, and I kind of agree with them. I think the soundtrack might be a little bit better. than I love the original soundtrack for, Fro- for Frozen. Uh, this one, I think, might be, a, I think it just has more standout songs throughout it. Well, you know, it'll take some time to see w- with multiple playings, which I know some of you are like, oh, I can hear the Frozen <laughs> soundtrack over and over again. Uh, whether it ends up being better, but I, I think, it, you know, I think a, a theme going through this film was it's a little more mature and I think the soundtrack is a little more mature as well. Sure. I would totally agree with that. And I would agree with you that it is a more interesting soundtrack and it does, for, I think for all the, the performers, it does push their range out there a little bit more than mm-hmm. the first one. Right. Agreed on that. Uh, two Elsa standout songs. You just heard a piece of the one that everybody kind of has been out there for a while. Right. They told this us this at the D23 Expo that there was a second Elsa song, mm-hmm. but they couldn't release it because it has significant spoilers right. and it does <laughs> so we won't talk about it but there is a se- other than that there is a second Elsa standout song and again Adina Menzel as Elsa crushes it oh yeah she is so super talented Duh. but I mean it's really so crazy to listen to her and think gosh that lady's got the most amazing voice. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, as far as the story, now again, we were a little distracted in the theater, <laughs> so I, it's really I really am bummed that that kind of happened because I really wanted to be engulfed by it, and I didn't quite get there. I think the story seemed much more mature than the original one, but I don't know if it had the heart of the original Frozen. I think you agree with me on that. Michelle. Right. I totally agree with you on that. You know, and some of the things that we talked about that evening, um, you know, one, this, the, the children who saw the original one, you know, six years ago are, are at a point now where the theming is appropriate for them. You know, it kind of hits that whether you're talking tweens or early teens, especially, I think it really delves into a lot of the things that they think about. Um, and so it is more mature theming in that. And I think that's really great. Uh, I agree with you. I didn't cry. Mm. I teared up a couple times. I, I didn't, close. but I didn't like when I froze frozen the first time. Right. I mean, I, there were a couple times that I was serious oh, yeah, tears. Yeah. Uh, I teared up a little bit, but I wouldn't say that I was in serious tears at any real point in this movie. But again, we were just, I, I, that's, I'm prefacing this because it's, it's tough for me because I don't know what it would have been like if we weren't somewhat distracted in this theater, how I would have felt about this film. Um, I like the story. I just don't feel it was quite as good as the original. Uh, but it did have much more 
somewhat mature themes to right. it. Not like mature thing, yeah. but mature <laughs> themes to it than the original. Right. And there were some certain highlights to it. And, you know, again, this is spoiler free. Uh, for people who didn't see the original Frozen, I think they had a really creative way to you know, bring you up to speed on what happened to that in that movie. Um, and there was a lot of great interplay more so between some of the characters and they brought in some newer characters that had a lot of interest to them as well. Um, but even like you said, there was, you know, something going on in the theater that was quite distracting and that did probably play into some of our impressions, our initial impressions but going back and thinking of it even afterwards, again, the element of the heart that was in the first one was not as evident in this one. And even if we weren't distracted, I think we would still yeah. say that. Yeah, I just wish I could have, I could say for sure, like that it was, you know, everything went well. It was a normal experience in the theater and that I was fully just in, involved right. in the movie because it just wasn't the case. So it's hard for me to judge for sure. But I will say that I very much enjoyed the film. It's a good film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't, and again, you know, with everything that went on, I just don't think it's quite as good as the original, which I love. Hashtag real men love frozen. But I enjoyed this one, too. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Right. I think I would tie you with that one. You know, it's one. I mean, when we saw the first Frozen and again, yeah, uh, I remember just before we went to see it, um, your cousin said, oh, bring tissue. And I thought, really? It's kids show and he was totally accurate and, and he was a guy so yes woman. um and i he, he's I, my he's my cousin but he's my brother in man tears. right yeah <laughs> um you know and um and in, in in the ride the frozen yes. ride oh. <laughs> attraction i wish we had the pig the the video of us skipping up to right. frozen ever after <laughs> uh, it's fun um but yeah i mean that one i couldn't wait to see it again and this one yeah, I want to see it again, but I, I, more just to, like you're saying, uh, see it in 3D to kind of, you know, get that experience as well. Um, and I'll, I wanna, the other things I want to point out is even though we're saying a little bit more mature theme doesn't mean that little kids wouldn't like oh, it. Yeah. I think, you know, the playfulness of the characters. I mean, you got Olaf and you got Sven and uh, put Kristoff in there too is comical, you know. So it, it does have a lot of fun things to it as well that little kids would still like. But um yeah, three and a half stars out of five. Yeah, and like we said, I, they we feel that, and the, they told us a little bit of this at D twenty three. The writers felt like you know the the audience who watched the original Frozen has grown up, you know, six years older. What would what would this be like for them? And right. that was kind of so. It's a little bit more of a mature storyline, but yes, I do believe that there are uh, most kids, young kids, will enjoy this, especially if they've you know watched Frozen over as well. Um, I liked it. I'm. You know, again, do I like it more than the original Frozen? No, but I enjoyed it very much. I'm excited to see it again without the distraction and uh, and, and take it more in and get more of the beauty of it and enjoy it more. Uh, uh, by the way, we're not the only ones who enjoyed this film. Uh, many people have. Uh, domestically, it's made $127 million on its opening weekend. Uh, worldwide, it's $350 million on its wow. uh, opening weekend. So again, we're looking at another, probably another billion dollar movie for Disney this year. Right, right. I, Yeah, you couldn't say that this movie wouldn't be successful because it, it totally is. And mm-hmm. Really anxious to hear what some of you all felt. I'm sure a lot of you uh, either saw it or going to be seeing it over the... Thanksgiving holiday weekend. So we really want to hear your impressions of this movie mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And again, uh, liked it, 
uh, just it wasn't quite as good as the original, but that doesn't mean it's not a very good film. Right. Enjoyed it. So, so that's our thoughts on Disney's Frozen 2. We have one more movie screening we did this week, and we were lucky enough through D23 uh, to be able to go up to the Walt Disney Studios lot yesterday and check out, because it, it's the 10-year anniversary. Do you believe it's been 10 years? It blew over? my yeah. mind. 10-year uh, anniversary of uh, Pixar's Up!, which is one of our favorite films. Yes. Uh, I could not believe that's. it's been 10 years since that film came. And the experience that we had on the lot was phenomenal. I mean, we always love going to the lot. If you ever get a chance to do a tour of the lot, take take that opportunity. It's really a lot of fun. A lot of history to Disney, obviously, because Walt built that lot, um, especially with the profits that he got from Snow White. But it's just the feel of it. I mean, first of all, it, it, it has the, the look and the sense of a college campus. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just got all the uniqueness of uh, a studio, but a Disney studio. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a little more about that in my tip later on. Mm -hmm. But uh, let's just talk about this uh, trip for us uh, there uh, we got in there. They had two screenings yesterday. We did the early ones so that way we could kind of, we got there early. We can get back to San Diego, not be late at night. Uh, and we, we got to the theater, which is like you said, right in the middle of the, the Disney city. It's where they, they screen a lot of their films for their own people, right. uh, within the, the Walt Disney studios. Uh, and we were lucky enough to have a talk ahead of it by Ronnie Del Carmen, who is the story supervisor for this film, for Up. He was also the story supervisor for Finding Nemo. He was the co-director of Inside Out. So he has a long history of right. doing things uh, with Pixar. And he just had this wonderful, wonderful talk about kind of uh, the making of Up. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it was a surprise to us that he was going to be there. So that was a, a wonderful addition that we didn't know was going to be there. And he was, he's, is a great storyteller. So it was awesome to have him before the movie and how he shared with us, you know, how some of it developed and showed some on the screen, you know, comparisons of how they did some of the initial drawings to tell the story versus how the actual film came out. Um, but it, it was really, I, I don't know. It, it, I was just, at the edge of my seat listening to how he described it. And I think one of the more interesting facts that he shared was how, you know, the initial telling of how Ellie and Carl got together and their life together originally was going to be a longer segment, you know, more like a 20 minute segment. Um, but then they realized it, it had kind of a weird abrupt transition in the sense that, Oh, we've, we've invested 20 minutes into this couple and now it's going to be Carl's story. Mm -hmm. And so that they decided to condense it down to 10 minutes and, and yet how to be effective in 10 minutes to get you to love the two of them so that you understood what Carl's journey was going to be afterwards. Right. And it was his job, uh, Ronnie Del Carmen to, you know, cut the scenes the way they needed to be able right. to effectively tell this story. And he did, it was interesting because we got to see the, the, the entire, the, the 10 minutes, which wrecks everybody, by yeah. the way, if, <laughs> if that first 10 minutes of up doesn't completely wreck you, yeah. I, I can't be your friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we got to see uh, how they did it, of course, on the actual animation that we, you know, from the film, but as well as they split the screen with uh, the, 
the drawings, yeah, the, the hand drawings, drawings uh, telling the story as well. And it was kind of interesting to see how it transitioned from the hand drawings to uh, to the actual animation, the finished product. Right. I, it was amazing to see, first of all, how how similar they were. I mean, how everything was positioned and just a few things were switched up. But it was it's always fun to actually watch, you know, what the development of a film is and how they use storyboarding for that. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. We also got to see a bunch of pictures from their visit. They actually went to, and I didn't know that this, I, I, I kind of felt like the, this seemed like a real place. But uh, with the place where Paradise Falls is, is taken after, uh, where the actual place is that it's uh, kind of formed after is in Venezuela. And uh, they, they have these like mile high plateau tabletop mountains out there that they call tapues. Right. Uh, and I guess that they have several of them in Venezuela, but there's only one that you can climb. They got to go and climb this one. Now, he talked about how... Uh, if you're an athlete, if you're an adventurer, like this is something you you, know, you may do and it would be right. tough, but it's not as big a deal. But you comment on these were people from Pixar who were, you know, animators, animators who <laughs> sit at a desk and draw all day. Maybe they get up and go get a cup of coffee and they go back and sit <laughs> down again. So it was a little difficult to, to do this climb, uh, but they it was a, a extremely rewarding experience. We got to see pictures from the, the, the plateau right. and, and, and down. And like some of these pictures, like if you look at some of the scenes from the actual film, they transition right, right. to the animation. Oh, yes. uh, it was beautiful. Right. Um, You know, Disney and Pixar, it's great that they really do research when they're going to do a film. And and that's what really brings a lot of the heart and soul, I think, to a lot of these movies that they produce um, and how he shared that. And I think of all the movies that we've heard their research, this seemed the most um, riveting and beat dangerous yeah um because as he talked about climbing this mountain he said it's not with um ropes and pulleys it's you know hand over hand and foot over foot and there's not really stairs and that it's it is a mile up and then once you finally do get to the top you know um you're dealing with weather and elements he said you know like it could be a torrential rain and very windy and then suddenly it's sunny and it's you know, dry, but how beautiful it is. Um, and it was funny too, how he brought in how Peter doctor, um, Pete doctor did a, was, uh, is a very adventurous person. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who would be most likely found standing at the edge of the, the cliff looking down and it was like, you know, or, or stepping on some stones that have a lot of moss on them because there's, they're not walked on a lot. Right. He had this picture of Pete doctor up on this rock. And he's like, one thing that's slick and there's moss on there. So, you know, that, it's it's really easy to slip off of, but there was like the, he shows Pete Doctor taking a picture of this hole in the rocks. He's like, what you're what you can't see from this picture is that hole from the rocks. It goes straight down a mile down drop. I mean, this is like an overhang right. from there. So if he were to have slipped and fall, Pete Doctor would have fallen a mile. Down. I, and so right. that's how daring Pete Doctor was, and this is crazy. I know it's so surprising not seeing them wearing like harnesses or anything. Right. But like they said, they it's 
just a natural way of climbing the mountains, and that's right. how they did it. Another thing is that uh, if you know from the movie Up, they, they kind of go through this area, and there's all these interesting rock formations, and one of them they think is actually kind of a guy because it looks like a man far away, right, and Carl it ends up not being. Up, it's, right. it's, it's actually Doug right. talking to him and everything, but if you can think of those rock formations, those actually exist. They had pictures of rock right. formations that are exactly like that from I that. know. That was interesting, too, that, you know, I just thought, okay, they're in the film, they're just trying to make it unique and they're trying, you know, they're kind of lining up several these tall rocks to look like a man or to look, you know, like different things, you know, but like you said, as they showed us in the pictures, those tall, thin and different shaped uh, rock formations really do exist. Um, the other thing he pointed out that I didn't notice originally watching the film till we saw it yesterday after he did the talk, the presentation is that when they got to the top of the mountains, the sand is mm-hmm. pink. I thought the same thing. Yeah. And he just happened to mention in passing. He says, yeah. And you get up there and you know, there's this, this is, and the sand is pink. And then when we watched, when they showed the film and it shows, um, Carl, you know, walking the house on, on that mountaintop and it shows the sand is pink. Yeah, and I never sand noticed yeah. that before. I never noticed it. I probably still wouldn't have noticed if it, he didn't mention that that was what he's experienced up right. there on top of this tapue. Right. These, these big mountains, these flat top mountains. Yeah. Yes. And I think, um, the paradise falls, the real one is actually called angels. Angel falls. falls. Yeah. You know, and how, um, again, he showed pictures of it and described that before we watched the movie, uh, you know, it's not really, yes, there's water falling, but it, because it's coming, it's going such a big distance in the weather formations, it's just a lot of mist. Right. It starts off as a regular waterfall, but right. then it's falling a mile. It's, I think he said it was the biggest free falling waterfall right. in the world and definitely in South America for sure. And it, it, it's by the time it gets to the bottom, it's not water. I mean, it's still water, but it's a mist it's, as opposed right. to actually water falling onto the ground. Right. So when, if you decide to watch the film again, which I would recommend. It's a great mm. movie. Um, as you notice that, you know, and the vegetation that they showed is also very realistic. Um, they talked about how they had to hike to a lot of these places because that's the only way you could get mm-hmm. to there. And he said, you know, um, that it was through a lot of like bugs and Mm-hmm. things that I would never want. I would hate. Yes. I would hate. Yeah, yeah. It's like helicopter me there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know, understand why they didn't helicopter to those I mean, places. Maybe you either. can't. I don't know. Like I said, they, you can only climb one of the, They've there's many, I guess, I, I forget how many he said that there's of these tapues right. uh, in Venezuela, but they, this was the, the one they visited was the only, only one, one that you're allowed right. to climb and you need guides and everything else to go with you. So yeah, I don't know um, if you can even helicopter right. to the top, but I'm guessing that you can't. Right. The other thing that was interesting in his description of their research uh, was, first of all, the amount of time that they were out there, you know, so it sounded like it was a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. maybe. And he said that at one point, you know, because they were actually camping in these locations as well, because, I mean, it's not like there's resort hotels there. Um, And he said that one night he realized he and Pete Doctor were talking And, you know, this was like day 10 that they were together and he realized they weren't talking about the film. They weren't talking anything about work or, you know, the company. They were talking 
to each other about each other and about each other's families and the things that are important to each other. And he said that was kind of a revelation to him in terms of, you know, recreating what do people in this situation do and how when he had Carl and Russell together, um, you know, as they were in their journey of trying to get the house placed uh, by Paradise Falls, that one camp night where they were by a fire and they just started talking about family mm-hmm. and oh, I'm getting teary. Here. Yeah. Um, and that he said, you know, that it was important for him in the storytelling of this film to include that because that seemed to be something that they were all experiencing together on this, you know, their journey for research. Right. Uh, just a really cool moment that they, added into the film. Another cool moment that he talked about adding into the film was, uh, so Ronnie Del Carmen, apparently his father, uh, near the end of this film process, uh, his father was elderly and had lost the ability to speak anymore. Uh, so he, he would go and he would show his father a lot of the animation and, you know, some of the drawings and talk with his father in many ways, you know, and instead of, you know, obviously his father being able to talk back, he would kind of answer with looks and his eyes and facial expressions and and such. Uh, And uh, there's a scene within up uh, at the end of the second act he was telling us about. uh, And it's the one where uh, Carl finally gets the house to, Paradise Falls, right. Farks down there. You know, this is after uh, they've taken the bird and stuff. It's kind of a you know weird situation to be in. Sits down, opens up the adventure book, and you know looks back at all the memories, and then sees that you know. And again, spoiler alert for a ten-year-old movie that <laughs> Elliot tells him now. You know, go live out your own adventure, right. these new things. And there's no words spoken within that area. Then instead, okay. you see a lot of every on everything on. Carl's face and uh, a lot of those facial expressions he got from watching his father look through his animation and some other things that he's done and I thought that was a really touching moment and it made uh, it was a much more poignant moment to me in the film when knowing that fact. Right, exactly. I mean having these little details that they incorporated uh, really made the film even richer. I mean we loved the film before that but hearing those things and just realizing how personal Mm -hmm. Um, the animators and everybody involved in that film took from their own lives or their own experiences and put it into this film that really, again, brings that heart and soul there. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a wonderful talk. I want to thank Ronnie Del Carmen for yes. you know, getting up there and sharing all these really intimate moments and right. these, these kind of the behind the scenes moments of up with us. It was, it really made the film that much better for a film that we already love. It, it really made it that much better for us. And then we all got to sit there and, and uh, with this great group of fan Disney fans watch the film and it's, it's so nice when you get to relive some of these films in the theater again after so many years of watching them on the television right. or whatever. One, just to seeing on the big screen again. But also, and we've talked about this, like when we watched, we saw Coco in concert right. and did, you know, and The Empire Strikes Back in concert, you know, seeing these things, you know, to hear the other people around you laughing at the same things right. you love and, you know, and getting teared up at the beginning and, you know, it's just, it's good to, 
you know, have that Disney camaraderie again around you and enjoy these films. It's just such a wonderful experience. We get so caught up, and especially now with Disney Plus, being able to watch these films in our home. And yes, it's, it's easy. It's wonderful. But every once in a while, if you get a chance to go out and see these films in a theater again, really take a chance to do these because it's it's an experience that you 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 forget at how good it is. That's true. You know, it, it, it's kind of like layers, and it it's adding another layer to the experience of you know what um, brings you joy in watching it. And I agree with you. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of times we're in a situation where there's people around and and they're there to be critical to to analyze things and 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 that's an important role for sure but to be in a room full of people who are all who chose to be there because their love of the film it was fun seeing some people come in costumes some creative costumes some people you know you did purchases of things that had the up movie theme on it Um, but everybody there chose to be there was there for the love of this film and so like you said being in there and, and having the same reactions to everybody around you brought that community feel mm-hmm. to it. And yeah. again, another layer of what makes you love that film. Yeah, it was a, a great experience. It's always great being on the Walt Disney Studios lot. We've been oh, blessed yeah. to be able to do it several times. The talk, the movie, uh, you know, whenever you do these D23 events, they give you like a uh, exclusive pin that comes along with it's it. Crazy. Uh, you get popcorn in a popcorn bucket and some water. And then afterwards, we got to go to this restaurant that's kind of a pub-style restaurant that's nearby the studios that we love. We hit up all the time. Right. And I wish they were a sponsor us. They're not, but I don't care because I love them. Simsies, if you get up near Burbank, if you get that area, go check them out. They, they have a great craft beer list, uh, excellent pub type food. Uh, go check them out. That's one of our favorite places to stop there. And I, I'm plugging them just because I love yeah, them. Yeah, great service. Yeah, yeah, they have nothing to do with Disney either. I mean, it's not like a link, but it's just because of its close proximity to the Disney studios. Right. And if they'd want to sponsor us, that's great, but I don't <laughs> care because we love this place and we would recommend it to anybody who wants to go visit them. Right. You know, and uh, going back to the the D23 Studios tour, um, they did announce yesterday that they are going to be increasing the number of tours uh, in 2020, which is going to give a lot mm-hmm. more people that opportunity. It is a phenomenal experience. Yes. And, you uh, know, how they guide you through that is just crazy. Right. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in my tip coming up here. Michelle nope. is teasing my tip. Yeah, all right. I hope I'm not spoiling your tip. I'm <laughs> so, trying not to be spoilers of anything fine. here. <laughs> it's fine. So uh, that was our experience uh, going to see up at the Walt Disney Studios. We had just a, a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, uh, we would recommend if you get the chance to do it, uh, take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, quickly, I just want to get to the Disney stories of the week, and I really only have one for you this week, and that is a new Disney Vacation Club Tower is in the working for the Disneyland Hotel, Ooh. which uh, if you know Disneyland, the Disneyland Resort, there are just not a, a lot of Disney Vacation Club spaces there, so it would be good news if this comes about. This from the ocregister.com. Uh, Disney has proposed a new 12-story timeshare tower next to the Disneyland Hotel after pulling the plug last year on the planned 700 million, 700 million, <laughs> 700 room. Wow, that'd be a lot of room. <laughs> yeah. 700 million. 700 room luxury hotel at the western end of the downtown Disney shopping center in Anaheim. Uh, apparently, Disney submitted Disneyland submitted an application on Friday, November 22nd, to the city of Anaheim for a conceptual development review of a new 350-room 
Disney Vacation Club Tower. That's exciting. That's fun. And uh, probably why we're not seeing another run Disney out here, maybe. Maybe. Although this, where they're building this, apparently from the story, it's going to be in a a grassy area. Now, if you know the Disneyland Hotel at all, uh, we stayed in the Frontier Tower. Now, you know where that is, right? right? Okay. Uh, You know that. You said that funny. Frontier. Frontier. I thought. Frontier Tower. Frontier Tower. The Frontier Tower. That sounds like a, t- a tear in the front. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Feel free to edit that. <laughs> Back to the story. Okay. <laughs> uh, so where the Frontier Tower is, uh, there's the pool in between, right. you know, and then there's the, it, it kind of is in a U shape the way it is right now. There's the Frontier Tower, there's the Adventureland Tower, and there's the Fantasyland Tower in a U shape. And there's kind of this blank area with a little convention space. There's uh, Chef Goofy's restaurant. Right. There's the pool in the middle where there's this grassy area there on the one side, which is the most Western side of the hotel. That is the area where they're planning to put the new tower according to this story. So uh, where that is, I mean, yes, they may have to stage some construction equipment, but that would not affect where the run Disney route is. So to to answer that question, but uh, it may have to, uh, like there's a laundry area there that they'll have to close and some other things, but right. it really wouldn't affect too much of what actually exists was in the Disneyland hotel space. But uh, I'm just excited that we might actually get some more Disney vacation club rooms right. besides for the grand Californian at the Disneyland resort. Yes. Uh, that is great news. And gosh, now I guess we're going to be buying more Disney <laughs> vacation club points. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, in, in the one thing, if and I'm sure people who have already purchased Disney Vacation Club points may already know this, but you can book the Disneyland hotel using points, mm-hmm. um, and you can always find their the scale of how they do that. But you know, at least they give that option here. But you're right; it's they have so few uh, vacation club rooms here that having that new tower is going to be great. And mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear how it's going to all look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to some new, uh, some more news on that coming up in the future. It looks like it uh, is not expected to be completed before 2022. But also, they wanted to uh, complement the classic 1955 Disneyland Hotel right. feel, so it will kind of blend how in with fun. that. So, yeah, uh, that's good news. Uh, one other just really quick story. Uh, the latest update to the Disney Cruise Line Navigator app now allows you to book your next cruise while you're on board the ship. So you won't have to, when you're on board the ship, go to the uh, future cruise oh, wow, um, desk to book uh, your next cruise. You can just do it right on the app when you're on board. Uh, you can do book a placeholder even, or you can book specific cruises and you still can, if you really want to talk to an agent about right. it, still go uh, to the future cruise desk. But that's going to be very convenient for if you're like us, as soon as you get on board, you're looking to book your next cruise. Right. Or throughout the cruise. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's so. great. So that's a nice uh, new addition to the Disney Cruise Line Navigator app, which is getting better and better all the time. Right. I just had one little thing, and I don't know if I call it a story, although I did find it in the um, Orange County Register, Uh uh, is about the the new entrance for Tomorrowland at Disneyland. They they got down the French fry rocks. They're gone. The French (laughs) fry rocks are gone. What is it? A great new beautiful tomorrow theme yeah that's cool yeah looking forward to experiencing that uh, soon here 
seeing what that looks like now that they've uh, you know done finished the construction on that. I know tear I think, down. I guess I think we've gotten so used to the the boards and everything like that. It's like oh that's right there was something yep. behind there. Cool. So that's it for our Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation, whether it be to the Disneyland Resort, the Walt Disney World Resort. Disney Cruise Line, whatever the case may be, we always like to give you some sort of tip. And we always start with Michelle, one, because she's gorgeous, beautiful, <laughs> wonderful, super intelligent, but also she has the very, very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm actually thinking yours is going to be numero uno this week because you already teased it to be something about the studios, which is something that's awesome. So uh, my tip is actually kind of little. It's just uh, if and it kind of relates to the holiday season. Uh, it's focused mainly on very Mer Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, but it could be on anything. Um, if you go to that event, you'll want to have something like a backpack or something like that to store all the treats you get to collect. Um, you, you definitely can get a sugar rush and try a, a lot or everything there. Um, but personally, I found that it, there's so much of the treats that they should that they give to that's included in the price that you might want to bring some home with you and so having something convenient to store them in is like a backpack would be a recommendation but you might also want to purchase some things too um, and bring some of that magic home but that would be my tip going to the Disney resorts especially during the holidays is having something you know I'm, I'm usually with a wristlet kind of purse or something like that uh, and I know going to these events a backpack is kind of a survival guide need. Yeah. It's a great point. We went to the Oogie Boogie Bash, uh, you know, the Halloween uh, party right. at uh, Disney California Adventure Park this year. Uh, and went through the trick or treat trails. Uh, there was so we had so much candy that we had to load that backpack up. Right, because uh, like holding the little bags that they give you is great, but it just it's it's so you know it's just like uncomfortable like you're getting on an attraction it's going to spill so having well, also we, they just gave us so much candy that we were able to fill that bag up and right. then dump it into the backpack and fill it up again <laughs> and that's how much candy we got it was insane and we, we didn't so go stuff. to any place twice no it was, it was the, they were just giving us so much candy right. it's it wasn't it was crazy so yeah yes there's lots of treats that come along with the price at uh at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party right. as well. But all of these things, uh, you want to take advantage of that. A backpack or some sort of uh, bag to carry some of the right. stuff is uh, very helpful. So Especially again, if you're getting to go on attractions and things, mm -hmm. um, you know, that you're not with something flimsy that's going to spill. And Right. And just always good to have your hands free right. as much as possible. So again, Michelle's tip, always <laughs> the best tip. My tip quickly is uh, I'm going back to our recent uh, journey to the Walt Disney Studios. And we've talked with several people recently about Disneyland who have never been there, including uh, Monday Morning Monorail, Justin right. and Samantha Monorail, talking about Disneyland and uh, doing a little bit of uh, we, we felt like we had them slightly convinced that they may need to take a trip out there. Right, and we've talked right. with some other uh, friends and recently uh, Rob LaBerry and his wife Kim right. from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast came out and joined at Disneyland and uh, one thing I would suggest if you're just making the one trip you're not going regularly to Disneyland and you are a true Disney fan 
try and work it out on your schedule, uh, especially if you're an, a D23 Gold member, but even if you're just a regular D23 member, to look and see when they're having some of these events out at the Walt Disney Studios, whether it be a tour, which is what I really recommend, right. is if one of the, it's one of the weekends when they're doing the actual tour of the Walt Disney Studios, but even some of these screening events like we talked about earlier, whatever the case may be, it is an experience you will never forget the first time you get to walk onto the Walt Disney Studios right. that you've seen in several films, uh, you know, the experience, but also just, you know, to know that the magic that was being created there, right. it's really something that you will never regret getting to do. And it is a nice addition to any trip that you're going to get to the West Coast to check out, yes, Disneyland, but uh, take a day. And, uh, and go do this if you can. It really is a heck of an experience. That's true. It's very true. And one of the things that we didn't mention is they do have um, their own store there. It's not, I don't think it's called the Disney it Shop. What's well, the Disney store? It is it a is Disney called, store. Yeah, it is a, a Disney, Disney store, store on the lot. But they also have a separate, like, back part of it that is just studios. Right. Um, a cast a, member studios store that's right. more specific items to the studio. Right. So, you know, it... it they have things that, you know, whether it's shirts or, um, you know, office equipment, things like pens and notepads and things that have the studio's logo that you can't find those in the parks. Mm -hmm. But uh, I highly recommend it if it's one of these screenings like this where you get to experience one of these uh, wonderful movies that you love in a, a big screen again. You know, a lot of times they have talks just like this before, well, like we talked about earlier before it, and you're on the lot. Or, you know, what I really, again, recommend is the, the whole tour that includes getting to actually go see Walt Disney's office, right. which is, for any Disney fan, is an amazing, uh, just wonderful experience. Uh, you know, doing that, uh, the Light Up the Season events coming up here, which is their holiday Christmas time right. uh, event uh, that's excellent as well any of those if it works out into your schedule if, if you can do some planning around it uh, I highly suggest planning a trip to Disneyland that includes uh, an adventure out to the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank it's not right nearby Disneyland just so you right. know it's going to take you probably over an hour to drive there and back but it's well worth the trip and it's something that you'll always will remember. Right. And it, it continues the theme of the history of mm -hmm. the company and the history of the parks. I mean, going to Disneyland, you know, you really know that that's where everything started. And then, you know, the studios, was, you know, also part of that. Mm -hmm. Agreed on that. So that's my Great tip. tip this week. Still not as good as Michelle's, but that know, is my good. tip. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, well, we are going to be fully entrenched in the holiday <laughs> season. And that means, guess what? The parks are going to start getting pretty filled up. Right. So uh, we're going to give you some tips on navigating the Walt Disney World Resort and the Disneyland Resort during its busiest seasons, including the holiday seasons. But, you know, there's times in the summer, different, you know, Easter, spring break time right. that are busy. Uh, we're going to give you some tips on how to navigate that if that happens to be when you are visiting some of these resorts. Right. And I think we're even going to have some things that if it's kind of like a last minute and you find mm. yourself in that situation, hopefully. Interesting. I'm things that hopefully will be helpful. It's like a, a, a all tips. Wow. And this all is, tip show. This is all Michelle's stuff, so <laughs> I can't wait to hear what she comes up with. So uh, this is going to be a very cool episode. And you'll want to check it out. And we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And please, while you're there, just take a second and sign up for our newsletter. 
right? We really love to be able to give back and share because we're so appreciative that you take the time to listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. No, don't forget that we are also running a month long. Well, it's kind of three weeks long for this one, but month long contest. You'll want to know our code word so you can win this wonderful frozen two poster <laughs> that I have to give up. Uh, so re- please, Michelle, remind everybody of what this week's code word is. The code word is gingerbread. 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 So, yes. uh, and you'll want this poster. I mean, it's still in the oh. original packaging. Um, it's like you said, it's textured. It's beautiful. Um, you'll love it. Yeah, it's you know you, you know how beautiful Frozen Two is. This poster is equally as beautiful as that animation. So you will want this poster. Uh, please follow us on social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, uh, please hit us up on email at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you again for listening, and we hope you tell a friend about our podcast. Yes, uh, please tell a friend about us. Uh, if you had the time, give us a rating. Even more time, give us a review. That helps us. Any podcast that you love helps them in so many ways. That's it. Thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.